you. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to this weekend's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind. My name is Doug Parker, and you know what? We're going to take it easy this week. In fact, uh, we could all use an escape right now. So we're going to try something a little bit different this weekend. I want you to imagine your dream cruise ship. What would it be like? Where would it sail? What restaurants would be on board? Remember, it's strictly a dream cruise, so you have an unlimited budget and everything. Tommy Casabona from the Always Be Booked podcast is with us on the line to talk about his dream cruise. And how we're going to format this is a regular cruise review, except remember, this did not happen. It's all in Tommy's head. But we're going to do it anyway, just because what the hell. It's uh, We've been inundated with negativity over the past couple of weeks. So uh, let's turn things around here. Tommy, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Doug, how's it going? Tommy, I forgot to say something. So let me say, if you're interested in the cruise news 24-7, just opposite of this channel is Cruise Radio News. It's daily quick hits of the news. Well, actually, no, it's seven days a week right now. So you could find that at Cruise Radio News. Or if you have an Alexa device, tell her to enable the Cruise Radio News flash briefings. All right, Tommy, let's talk about your cruise. What made you want to take this one? Well, as you know, I have an unlimited budget. I had several million dollars to play with here, so I decided to basically just paint the exact picture of whatever cruise I wanted. So what we did was we got on the phone with Mickey Arison, and uh, we talked to Joe Farkas. There was a project, I'm not sure if a lot of the listeners are going to remember, called the Pinnacle Project. And it was actually like a precursor to like the Oasis class and a lot of different, even more next level options that were going to be put on that ship. So they were kind enough because I know a couple of – obviously uh had a few million dollars to play with here so they revived that project and they built the ship they'll use it for later dates but we got to sail on the inaugural and i don't know if you remember what the details of that was you know they have the uh, split deck like the oasis class Mm -hmm. and there were tons and tons of bells and whistles on the ship that i'm sure we'll get into and where did this ship sail from well, that was the thing. See, we have uh, Fort Lauderdale, which is about 25 minutes away from me, but I was doing some calculations. And again, having the unlimited budget, I looked out the window at the intercoastal waterway here in Boca Raton, and I was like, there's no way that cruise ship can't fit through here. So I basically had the, the ship pick us up at my house. All right. That's interesting. Intercoastal waterway is where you live, and the ship went right there. How was embarkation? They let us do everything pre-cruise. So we all we have already been verified. They emailed us our uh, – I'm sorry. They mailed us our sign-in sale card. They sent. They actually even sent a customs agent over just to clear everyone. So you took about way- six minutes, uh, yeah. uh, you know, door to door from backyard to ship. I love it. So you make your way on board Pinnacle. What were your first impressions? I mean, it was a beautiful ship. I mean, I half designed it too, so I had a hand in that. But it was gorgeous. The split level, all the, uh, you know, the minute you get on, it had a beautiful atrium. It had the dreamscape, and then obviously, as soon as you walk into that kind of split deck area where you see the park and. All the things that are going on around the ship, uh, it was absolutely beautiful. It was just like I imagined it. That's because you are. So you made your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you wind up building for yourself? So here's what we did with the stateroom. We took some liberties, and we decided we wanted the entire width of the ship that was Mm -hmm. facing aft wrapped around a little bit on each side, and we had a balcony, obviously. uh, So we had two levels. So if you can imagine, we had the entire floor, uh, one floor, plus the top floor of that, and it just basically was custom-made for us to be able to face the aft, the 
first floor was a common area, and then the top level had ten bedrooms to uh, wow. uh, to to take care of all this. Each bedroom had a king size bed. It had its own. Actually, we were able to negotiate to get a, a own Dunkin' Donuts franchise Love for it. coffee and breakfast in each room. Okay. Uh, the bottom level was a common area. We had a couple of hot tubs, nothing crazy. We all we did have a grotto. We had some pool tables. We also negotiated for a twenty person uh, movie theater and uh, an axe throwing range. Wow! And that was that was in our state stateroom. Of course, I, I forgot to mention the sports bar. We're not going to not have the sports bar there. Have you ever done axe throwing in real life? This was my first axe throwing experience, okay. but the crew was very, very helpful. They had done it. They gave us a few pointers, and we all had a lot of fun doing that. Are there any ships afloat other than your pinnacle that have, like, that sounds like an ideal stateroom going from port to starboard, spanning the whole aft of the ship. Do you know any ships like that? I don't know any ships like that. One thing I did forget to mention is that we were able to get two DJs for okay. our room, and basically, you know, we turned our common area when we'd want it to be it was also doubled as a nightclub so we'd have a dj playing music and we would just kind of let him know when we wanted music and he, if he wasn't playing music he would be sitting there reading the newspaper or magazine or on the internet or whatever and then you know someone wants you know a little club music or some hip-hop or some oldies or some rock and roll he springs into action Obviously, we had to have two of them because they had to work in shifts. I like it. An on-call DJ. That must be nice. So let's talk about the food and the dining situation on board the ship. Absolutely. So the food was amazing. We uh, had a lot of things. though. So we had, the obviously, the buffet area. You know, the cruise buffet on most of the ships I really do enjoy, especially carnivals. But I figured why, you know, let's pull out all the stops. So I heard, I did some research and found out Bellagio had, in, in Vegas had one of the best buffets out there. So we contacted them and we asked them if they could kind of help us out. And the buffet on this Carnival Pinnacle cruise ship was powered by the Bellagio out of Las Vegas. And that was that was cool. Also, there was a 24-hour White Castle, and we thought that was important to have, and you know, most of the crew that we went with uh, really, really enjoyed that. There's a uh, pizza place in New York City called John's of Bleecker. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely the best pizza I've ever had, and these guys, you know, with the help uh, with the help of a couple of thousand dollars, were very, very happy to do a pop-up version of that. And uh, for the steakhouse, we decided to go with Capital Grill. But nice. in this case, it was the usual beautiful steak, the seafood towers, the side items that you love, everything you love with a steakhouse. But it also doubled as a very tasteful gentleman's club as well. Um, in addition to that, I know you like the barbecue. Guy Fieri is going to handle the barbecue. Uh, his burgers, however, are going to get the week off as we're going to bring in Shake Shack out of New York City as well. Uh, we can't have a cruise without seafood, so we tapped into uh, Joe's Crab Shack to handle that. And just for good measure, we are going to do Nathan's famous hot dogs. And then I will include that I'd always wanted to do have, – have you ever done a chef's table, Doug? I've done it a couple times. I haven't done it only because it was like, you know, this is expensive and, you know, I didn't wasn't working with the same budget as I am now always. And uh, it's very time consuming. But when they told me that they would allow Emeril Lagasse to personally handle our chef's table, I figured why pass that up. Yeah. John's of Bleecker, the pizza place. Do you follow Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports? Yeah, I actually have an appearance on one of his shows. OK, but oh, that's yeah, right. The up Barstool at the, Sports, um... the pizza reviews. Yeah, up on the uh, well, Upper East Side, right? When you were at uh, that one burger place. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Dave always raves about John's of Bleecker. That's his number one, I thought, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was recommended to me, and I just happened to be in that area. And I was like, well, I'm not going to not have it while I'm down here. 
And uh, yes, it lives up to the hype and then some. One more thing I wanted to mention. So this is all good, great specialty restaurants. Uh, they also had a main dining room, but you know we went a little bit of a different direction with the main dining room, and we partnered up with uh, Medieval Times. Have you heard of that franchise? Yeah, the show's good. Not a big fan of the food. No, I got you. I just didn't have the food because I just was it was doing it more for the show. There was so okay. many specialty options. We didn't eat there, but the show was very, very nice, and we got to participate, so it was cool. Let's talk about your entertainment now. All right. So the entertainment was, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was really even surprised. They, they pulled out a couple of stops for us that I wasn't even expecting that they were. You know, the main show, usually the uh, decade by decade Broadway style review show on uh, most ships. You know, Carnival usually does playlist productions. Mm-hmm. It was weird. I, I, I don't know how they did it, but they got the original cast of Hamilton for this one. Another big surprise with that, you know, we were walking through the ship and, you know, down Carnival Boulevard and passing by all the entertainment venues. We peeked our head into the, uh, the the piano bar. It was Elton John. Elton John was running the piano bar for the uh, roving music. Yeah. They had a, uh, the, you know, that band that just kind of seems to kind of is able to play every song there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were there too, but they actually used the Rolling Stones for them. The guitar guy, you know, what he would play in the atrium, he'd play out on the pool deck sometimes. He'd kind of like rove throughout the ship and just kind of, you know, pick and grin. Uh, they had a guy by the name of Slash, uh, a little heavy for a lot of people, uh, even the acoustic sets, ex- the acoustic sets, but he's pretty talented. That's the hat guy from Guns N' Roses, right? He's the hat guy. Yeah. He's always smoking on stage. But uh, yeah, he was uh, part of one of those really famous bands in the 90s. How was the casino as far as paying out and the smoking situation? There was absolutely – people were smoking in the casino, but somehow, miraculously, there was no smell of smoke anywhere whatsoever. I don't know how they did it. Uh, you know, everything was great in the casino. They were doing you know, playing the blackjack, the roulette. The one thing I really enjoyed was the fact that they had a sports book. They had a, you know, a bunch of TVs. And uh, despite all the stuff that I just mentioned to you, all the crazy stuff that we've talked about so far, the, one of the craziest things is they actually had American sports on the team. They had you, you know, you weren't left in the dust if you wanted Australian rules football or sure. if you wanted, uh, you know, the cricket. But they actually did have American sports on the uh, TVs as well. But you were able to place wages on them as well. In the real world, can you do sports betting on ships? Not at this point. I do yeah. hear there's some things in the works, mm-hmm. but yeah, at same. this point, not yet. Okay, gotcha. Let's talk about the Sea Days, and this is the Pinnacle-class ship, which has the monorail going around the whole ship. So talk to us about the whole monorail experience and what Sea Days were like as far as crowds and congestion. Well, the, the ship did have an 11-deck hop-on, hop-off lazy river. So you could basically navigate your way around the ship through a lazy river, and you could just get off whenever you wanted. Well, not whenever you wanted, but they would have you know stops intermittently throughout the cruise ship on multiple decks. So you could basically use it as an attraction. You could you know hop on at the top and then work your way down to the promenade deck as you see fit. Uh, yeah, they had the pe- uh, people movers on either side of the ship, stretching from bow to stern. So, you know, if you had, uh, if you don't, if you have no interest in working off your meal, you can just hop on the people mover on any deck on either side of the ship, and then just go front to back at any time. Now, this was my favorite part of this ship, Doug. We had an aft pool. And, uh, you know, that's one of my favorite things on any ship. But there was zero entry to the EF pool. So you walk up on it like you're walking into a body of water or like at the beach. Uh, Now, this completely encompassed the entire back of the ship. It actually hung over the side of the ship about five feet on either side. And there was a glass bottom. So you would basically be in the pool. The whole entire aft portion of the ship is 
the pool, and then you could actually walk over the side of the ship, look down, glass bottom, down to the <laughs> sea. And, uh, of course, we're not going to do all that and not have a swim-up bar in yeah. the pool as well. That's pretty cool, pretty innovative too. I wish other yeah. cruise lines would actually do that. I mean, I know that yeah. Princess has the the glass floor, and then MSC has the bridge of size across the back of the ship. But a pool like that with a swim up bar, pretty pretty cool. How was it as far as uh, making your way around the ship on the sea days? It was great. It was great. Very very. You know, the flow. People. You know, we had people looking after us to make sure that you know we skipped all the lines if there were any lines. You know, because you know, a couple of dollars will make that happen, no problem. Mm. Uh, there was also on board swimming with the dolphins. So if you wanted to swim with the dolphins on the cruise ship there was a place for that on the i believe it was deck 12 or 13 you could do that uh interesting thing on this ship you can you you could absolutely debark the ship on deck three or wherever the usual gangway is but you also had an option to zipline debarkation so you could shoot right off the ship via zipline and head right onto the port at, at every at every stop as well um this ship also had a driving range. You know, obviously the pool deck is uh, 11 or 12, I believe it was. But then on 7 or 8, they did have a driving range. So you can hit golf balls off the back of the ship. And these golf balls, amazingly, were biodegradable. So it was very, very environmentally friendly. Um, and then also the weirdest thing on the ship, and it was interesting. I liked it. Uh, you could argue whether or not it was a little gimmicky or not. But you know the North Star on um, on the Quantum class ships? Mm-hmm. Now, this ship had one of those swings. I don't know what they're called, but they shoot directly out from a cylinder. They shoot way into the sky, and then you're basically sitting, hanging from a string, and then the cylinder spins, so you're kind of like flying off the okay. side of the ship. Do you know what that's called? <laughs> I do not. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? I think they have one of those on International Drive in Orlando. They just put in one of those on iDrive in that's Orlando. What I thought. Okay, yes, yeah, so I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like a thrill ride. They shoot you really high into the sky. This was like that. So it goes as high as the North Star, but basically you're in open air. You're sitting on a swing. The cylinder begins to turn, and you are on. The, you are hanging from this cord, you know, this metal wire, and you're swinging off the side of the ship. So I thought that was a, a pretty bold move to do on a cruise ship. I had a great time with it. Some of the other activities that we would do on sea days is you could – deep sea fish off the side of the ship, nice. which is, you know, I've never been on a ship. You could do that. They had a uh, synchronized swimming master classes. And now uh, we, we enjoyed that a couple of times weird. I mean, this is another really innovative thing that they were able to do. And I don't know how they did it, but there were sea day submarine excursions. So okay. during the sea days, you could just pop in a submarine and you could be in the middle of the Atlantic or the Caribbean. And you could be kind of like, you know, checking out the, the aquatic wildlife in a submarine. Nice. Um, and then they had jujitsu and kickboxing classes as well. So that was pretty much it. Wow. A lot going on there. How many nights was this cruise? This was an 11-night sailing. Okay. So on this 11-night cruise, how many ports of call did you hit? We hit three ports. It was an eastern slash southern Caribbean. All right. Well, let's talk about the ports of call. Okay, sure. So first one was San Juan. And I want to make sure the first two were overnights because it's just kind of like a thing for me. I like getting a feel for the city and getting a feel for the, the port while it's at, well, the sun goes down deep into the night. I don't want to feel like I had to be rushed getting back on. So they were very, very gracious. And uh, they paid the port fees of being able to get us an extra day. San Juan, we went to San Juan first and we rented a 24 person party bus. And we basically did a lap around the island. We hit up everything 
thing that you'd want to see that might be a little bit out of reach if you're just trying to walk around old San Juan and get back on the ship. So we hit the rainforest out there. We ended up going to the Bacardi house. We did that crazy zip line. I think they call it the beast where you're really kind of doing Superman style and you're flying over the canopy. We went to Rincon, which is a nice little town. We checked out. Finally, I always wanted to check out that pork highway, that interstate where they have all the, uh, you know, the, the, the pulled pork and things like that, where mm-hmm. they have the, the whole hog cooking and things like that. So it was great. I mean, we loved that. And uh, then we stayed overnight. And do, we ended up doing the bioluminescence bay. You know, they haven't done it. The cruise lines used to offer that more as an excursion. They told us we could still do it at this point. And then we did a bar crawl through old San Juan. And no trip to San Juan is going to end without us taking a trip to the Tripleta truck. Where is that truck located? If you get off the cruise ship and head left just a little bit, just bare left, you see, uh, I believe the bar is called Tijuana something. It's uh, right on the right on the water there. Go a little bit past that and you'll see like a mini straw market and some people selling uh, collectibles and goods. And then you'll see a couple of food carts, but you want to go right to that Tripleta truck and tell them you want it with the works. Delicious. Nice. What does that cost? The Tripleta was six bucks. It was amazing. You get, I mean, a Tripleta, for those who don't know what it is, it's pork. It's, it's pulled pork, it's ham, and it's basically what it is, cheesesteak meat. And then there's little potato sticks on it and uh, lettuce, mayo, and ketchup. And I believe there's – it might be like ranch dressing on it. Something there's, there's mayo, ketchup, and another dressing on there. Okay. And uh, it's absolutely – it comes on a hoagie roll. And you know I have them and I like them every time I have them, but these guys really nail it. All right. Then after San Juan, what was next? After San Juan, we headed over to my favorite port in the world, which is St. Thomas. And uh, what we did was you guys know, a lot, of, a lot of people know that I like to do the safari taxi and do like a little bit of a bar crawl. But we were there again, another overnight. So we were able to get this safari taxi for 36 hours. First day, we started at Koki Beach. Uh, we got on the jet skis. Then we went to Red Hook. Drank a little bit, experienced some of the restaurants, walked around that little area, and then we went to a place called Pizza Pie, which is you have to get a boat for it. It's pizza, gourmet pizza served on the water, and we made our way out there via, you know, actually, if I'm not mistaken, no, they came to us. That's right. Yeah, I was. We there was some drinks, so I do apologize. Pizza Pie is a movable boat with a kitchen on it, produces delicious pizza, and they came and picked us up. And then what happened after that? is that they took us over to St. John's. So they closed down business for the day. They acted as our personal ferry to St. John, and then we bar hopped around St. John, uh, hung out at the uh, hung out at Trunk Bay, and uh, me and my buddy Colin, shout out to Colin, we actually had a pizza pie pizza eating competition. I wrecked him, if, of course. He had no, uh, you know, he didn't stand a chance, but it was cool that they gave us that ferry ride, and they actually served as our personal, you know, basically caterer for the day as well. Nice. So you load up and head back to the ship. What was your last port of call? The final port of call was interesting because they were going to have to move some stuff around a little bit of a day and a half to two day trip down to Aruba, which is also one of my favorite islands. So we started the day in Aruba at the Duck, Dutch Pancake House. That's one of my favorite places to eat in the Caribbean. Then we uh, checked into our penthouse at the Renaissance Hotel. They let us take jet skis over to Flamingo Beach. I don't know if you're familiar with that place. It's got all the uh, flamingos mm-hmm. and you're kind of just hanging out with them. It's almost like uh, if, you, if you like swimming with the dolphins or swimming with the pigs, this is hanging out on the beach with flamingos. Uh, you, it, which is cool though. If you've ever been to the Renaissance Hotel in Aruba, 
the cove or the canal, whatever you want to call it, runs right into the lobby. So we hopped on our jet skis. We checked in, hopped on our jet skis in the lobby, and then made our way out over to uh, you know to the to the island. Um, After that, we had uh, dinner over at Z Rovers, and that is a uh, where you pick your fish, they weigh it, they charge you by the pound, and they literally fry it up right for you on site. You're eating it with a beautiful view outside, watch the sun go down. Then uh, we just bar hopped a little in a Rajasthan, and uh, you know this was an overnight, so we did have to, you know get back at a certain hour because we were going to wake up early and we arranged for a four-wheeler company to rent us some ATVs at 5 a.m. And uh, this way we were going to cruise the desert over at Arakok National Park. Yeah. As the sun came up, we're cruising around the, the desert. It was beautiful. But we did have to get back on the ship at 8 since it was going to be a long ride back to Boca. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a really sea day heavy itinerary. You know, I... I was initially worried about that, but having run of the ship and all the attractions and the activities and the ent- I mean the entertainment. I saw Hamilton twice. I went. I actually went twice to see Hamilton. It was great. Uh, there was tons of stuff to do on the ship. You couldn't drag me away from that aft pool. It was great. So we weren't worried about the sea days. I'm kind of a sea day guy in general anyway. I'm surprised you didn't throw a Rally's uh, fast food place on there. You always talk about going to that place after work. Wait, Rally's, I think you may have it confused because I don't know what Rally's is. Okay. Checkers? Checkers, checkers okay. Rally's? okay. We have a Rally's here too. So I thought I I thought I might have remembered that Rally's and Checkers were the same. But yeah, Checkers is good. I, I got to go with the White Castle though. There's no better late night food than White mm. Castle. I hear there's a, it seems like there's a lot of fiber. Yeah, you know what? I lived in Nashville in 2007 when I worked in radio, and I got to tell you, man, like many, many of late nights, many of late nights were at the White Castle drive through on the way home. Delicious, delicious. They have the clam strips. Doug, they have an item there called the chicken ring, and I'm just trying to figure out what part of the chicken is the ring. <laughs> I don't know, but if, if I had a ship, I'd have a Waffle House on it. I'm surprised you didn't say that. Yeah, I do know you do love the Waffle House, the steak and eggs, right? Yeah. We went there, yeah. didn't we, when you came through Jacksonville? We did go there. We enjoyed it. It was good. I definitely <laughs> like a Waffle House. We had a Waffle House on Long Island near the clubs for about five minutes. It didn't It didn't make really? it for some reason. I'm not sure why. I bet it would now. Probably. All right. So you make your way back to Boca. How was Debark? Debark was good. Just the same thing. We had the customs agent back there to uh, you know greet us and take care of us and make sure that we were cleared and we got right off the ship and I was unpacking, you know, within 15 minutes of being uh, literally on the ship to unpacking into my, you know, back uh, unpacking my bag within 15 minutes. Looking back on this cruise, what was the biggest highlight for you? The biggest highlight for me was hanging out on that aft pool as well as the 5 a.m. Arakok National Park uh, four-wheel, four-wheel run. Great, great time. I enjoyed everything. There was like it was the cruise of a lifetime, to be honest with you. There was not a bad moment on the ship, but if you're gonna, you know, hold me down and make me pick two things, that would be it. Any first time tips for the pinnacle? I would say if you're gonna sail on pinnacle, uh, or if you want them to build you your own ship or pick you up at your house, customize an itinerary just for you, uh, I would say be liquid to at least about a half a billion dollars or so. <laughs> I would say at least that much. Uh, let's see here. If you had one thing to tell the cruise line about the Pinnacle, what would you say? You know, the towels were were a little rough. <laughs> I, I would I would use a little more fabric softener in the laundry. Well, you definitely have one hell of an imagination, man. If there's an investor listening, you can email Tommy. What is it? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Yes, sir. 
Well, there you go. Tommy will be waiting to hear from you. You can find Tommy at the Always Be Booked podcast. We'll also link to it in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Tommy, always a pleasure. Thanks for stopping by and having some fun, man. Thank you, Doug. If you want to hear more off-the-rail segments like that or you have an idea for a segment, drop me a line, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. We will talk to you on Thursday. Please be safe out there. Take care. During these difficult times for the travel industry, Cruise Radio stands behind the men and women who work so hard to bring our vacation dreams to life. From the captains and crew to travel agents, tour operators, vendors, and port employees, we offer a sincere thank you on behalf of the thousands of guests whose lives you impact each and every day. 